Hodges puts up the three. Long go. Rebound box. Now head over in this direction. Gone to three. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Camp's Corner. Very excited to sit down today with WPRI 12 and Fox Providence Sports Director and the man on camera, Maury Hirschgord. Maury, pleasure is my man. Thank you for joining the show. No, Camp, thanks so much for having me on, pal. Happy to be here. Yeah, no problem, man. I know this time of year in March is especially busy for you at Fox Providence. You know, having the opportunity to follow the Friars and the historic year they just had, you know, being such a big PC fan, I wanted to ask you firsthand, what was that experience like having the chance to cover PC in March Madness and travel to all the venues that you, uh, they were fortunate enough to make it to. Yeah, it was it was a great three weeks, right? I mean, we started in New York City at the Big East tournament. That that part's always a given, right? They're yeah. always going to be regardless of the year that they have. But then to go to Buffalo, uh, they were a trendy upset pick to lose to South Dakota State. A lot of people had them as the four seed getting knocked off by the 13. And then they uh, were fortunate. I'm not going to use that L word that that a lot of people use for, use for them this year, but they yeah. were fortunate. Richmond caught Iowa on a bad day uh, and then PC blasted Richmond. And then we were able to go to Chicago. So between New York city and Buffalo and Chicago, it was a really fun three weeks and um, just a lot of credit to the team, a lot of credit to head coach Ed Cooley. Um, You know, anytime they were counted out this year, they came through 27 wins, the second most they've ever had in pro history. They won their first ever big East regular season championship. So the last three weeks were amazing. How about the last six months as a whole? It was it was one of the best uh, years in program history. Of course, definitely historical. Ed Cooley having a, a great year as well with head coach. Al Durham coming from Indiana, you know, played a big role. Um, have you ever, like, traveled with a team before, like, similar to, like, this past experience? That's a good question. I have a few times before. Yep. Um, back in college, I haven't done it yet, you know, <clears throat> professionally. Uh, my first few years, there wasn't an NCAA tournament run. Um in college, the, I went to Quinnipiac University. Um, yep. Our women's basketball team made a similar run. They went to the Sweet 16, so I got to fly with the team. We went to Miami, and then we went out to Central California for the Sweet 16 then. Uh, and I did the same with our men's ho- ice hockey team, uh, who made it to the national championship in 2016. Wow. So uh experience, but uh, this time I was cashing a paycheck. This time was a bigger audience. Uh, this time, you know, I'm going to say it was a lot more fun, uh, you know, a, a top four seed men's basketball is the first time in my career. I was covering a men's basketball tournament and, uh, just the appreciation and the fan support for PC was, was, uh, on a different level this year. And, uh, hopefully they have another one of these runs coming soon because it was a great few weeks. No, yeah, definitely. And like staying on the topic of PC, like you also, uh, hosted uh, PC hoops with Ed Cooley and I'm, you know. How, how was that experience, like, you know, having the chance to sit down with Ed Cooley, having the chance maybe to, like, talk with players, like, post-game and, like, things like that? Yeah, that was a tremendous opportunity. Um, you know, we'd like to think at, at Channel 12 that, that we earned that. Uh, yeah. The PC that wanted to partner with us for a few different reasons, one being our coverage and our commitment, um, regardless of win or loss and regardless of sport, really. You know, we're there. You know, men's basketball steals the spotlight. Ed, Ed steals the spotlight. But 
you know, we're there for, for soccer. We're there for women's basketball. Uh, we're there covering men's, men's ice hockey. So, you know, the, the, the coverage is spread across the entire athletic department. Um, obviously a big focus is men's basketball in the Dunkin' Donuts Center. And uh, the fact that we are uh, the Fox affiliate and the Big East is partnered with Fox uh, yep. also. So right. uh, to acquire the show uh, from a competitor um, and with the five episodes that everybody saw this year, it's only going to get bigger and better. We've got big plans for next year. Oh, definitely. Very excited to see, you know, what you guys have in store. Like, um, you know, like I told you, being a huge PC fan, it's just so cool what you guys have done. And, uh, you know, having the chance to sit down with you when you came to Rick and uh, spoke at one of my classes, you know, it's very cool and eye-opening to see how far you've came, all the experiences you've had. Um, I actually had the chance to sit down with uh, PC legend Ernie D for one of my episodes on the podcast. You know, one of the teams fortunate enough to make it to the Final Four, like, back in the 70s. So, you know, I can only imagine, like, how cool it's been, like I said, with Ed Cooley and uh, all these guys that have been making it, like, um, how they just did in the Sweet 16. Um, but, you know, you know, back to, like, your career – um, not only like a sports reporter, but you're also uh, an arena voice for the basketball tournament, Northeast regional sweet 16 and the elite eight games, which were broadcast on ESPN. So how fun was that? Uh, and explain that experience, uh, how that was back when you did that. Yeah, that was great. That was, uh, I was in college at that point. Uh, yeah. that was summer of 2015 and summer of 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was tremendous. Uh, the basketball tournament is literally March madness in the summertime uh, yeah. for people people that don't know it's it's on all the ESPN family of networks uh, a lot of big names a lot of former big college basketball stars are in that tournament mm-hmm. um, unfortunately no NBA guys can play current NBA but there's plenty of ex-NBA players that have played in it whether it's Jason Williams whether it's Mike Bibby uh, up and down the list um, and a lot of guys that play overseas in the second the third the fourth best leagues in the world end up coming back, getting exposure on ESPN and then going and signing contracts in the NBA and getting back to that stage. So wow. uh, able to be the in arena voice uh, for those tournaments in those rounds was awesome. Um, that's still one of the best jobs in sports, as great as it is to to report and anchor, to be able to, to give the starting five on the public address system yeah. with a sold out arena is uh there's few rushes that you get adrenaline wise um, that ca- that can compare to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm slowly getting that experience, you know, with Rick uh, having the chance to like broadcast games. I've done like PA, like over like loudspeakers, obviously nothing compared at all to what you've done so far, but hopefully, you know, hope in hopes to get to that uh, someday, but definitely very, very cool. Have you done that in like uh, any other setting or was that the first time like you were like the in arena uh, voice? Yeah. So I had a lot of, um, a lot of reps, with uh, some major high school basketball tournaments. Um, I worked for a guy named Jeremy Treatman, uh, who I consider one of my mentors. Um, And he was actually on the coaching staff at Lower Marion. I'm from Philadelphia. Um, He was on the coaching staff for for Kobe Bryant when Kobe was there. Um, There's a book called The Rise that was written by Mike Sealski, a writer from the Philadelphia Inquirer. And all of the interviews and tapes to be able to write that book came from Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy, who coached Kobe in high school, ended up becoming a mover and a shaker in the basketball world, um, broadcaster as well, but started these national high school basketball showcase tournaments, featured LeBron James three times during his high school career, brought wow. him in Leicester in Philadelphia, uh, so on and so forth, has had over 100 high school players end up becoming NBA players um, that, have, that are from his tournaments over the past 20 years. So I traveled the country with him 
primarily based out of the Philadelphia area, but we'd also go down North Carolina, Duke. Uh, we went out West to Cleveland, to Columbus, to Indianapolis. So that's where I got a lot of reps um, being the public address announcer at a lot of those tournaments. And it obviously started super small. Yeah. Uh, I started doing them at, at, you know, girls high school basketball games. And then I was doing them at some boys games at like some local division two, II, division three colleges back home. Um, and then eventually, you know, just kind of worked my way up and got good enough and built enough trust with Jeremy where, um, you know, I did a game at the first ever LeBron James classic at St. Vincent, St. Mary's, the high school that LeBron was at, um, did public address at North Carolina, um, at the Dean dome. So, um, had a lot of great experiences with that. Um, but, and again, like I said, it's, it's one of the most, uh, thrilling experiences that you can get in sports, especially like, you know, when you go to the Dunkin' Donuts Center yeah. and John is the play-by-play guy for PC gets on, gets on the air and, uh, you know, his AJ Reeves or his Nate Watson or, or his Al Durham, you know, that just, that lights up the crowd and that really the public address announcer sets the tone for the game, yeah. right? You get the national anthem, you get all of those cool, uh, cool things beforehand, but they do the starting five and then they tip off the game. So if your public address announcer is really good and you've got a great crowd, which PC had this year, um, then that PA announcer can really set the tone for the start of that game and really get the energy going in the building. So that's some of my past experience doing PA. That was sort of a long winded answer there. But uh, yeah. again, like that in the last answer, I mean, it was, it's one of the best things you can do in all of sports. Yeah, most definitely. And not even just like, uh, with PA and, you know, being on camera at WPRI and everything that you've done, like those pregame jitters, like when you first started off, do you still have those like similar, like, like nerve, like not like nervous in a way, but like, you're kind of like, all right, I'm ready, you know, some like get ready, like your mindset's got to tap in and things like that. Like, has it been, has that gotten like, has that changed over the years or have you always been like, uh, you know, had that same kind of mindset going into things? No, that's a great question, Cam. It definitely has stayed the same. Yeah. Um, I would say I've, I've, understood and and learn how to deal with it right yeah. uh, but no doubt you know you know when you know at 10 o'clock the other night right when the pc game ends and we're going live five minutes after the game ends you know a lot of people are going to watch exactly uh, a lot of people want to tune in after the game ends so you know that there's a lot of eyeballs right i mean pc mm -hmm. was one of the teams left and i go live moments after the game ends you still feel those pre-game jitters you know yeah. it takes me back to time when i was an athlete um, you still have those butterflies and I would always, you know, I would always hope that I have them because mm -hmm. if I didn't have them, I'd think that, you know, I'd be mailing it in and you never want to mail it in. Right. Exactly. Even the greatest, greatest coaches of all time for all that they've accomplished and they've accomplished a whole hell of a lot more than I have. They still want to improve. They still want to prove the doubters wrong. Right. So, uh, with, with me, it's, it's all right. I know, um, what I've done to this point is great, but I always want to make sure what if there's a new person tuning in for the first time, I want to make a good impression, you know? Um, so you'll never get back that first impression. And I hope if somebody watches me for the first time, I'm on my A game. I try to be on my A game every single time. You never know who's watching and uh, it'll always keep you sharp. It'll always keep you humble. Yeah, for sure. You know, definitely always try to keep that in account for myself as well. Obviously, like I said, still at like a low level, but you know, like you said, you got to build it up and work your way up. And once you get there, just, you know, roll with it, like you said. And um, <clears throat> as far as you, like, you know, your career so far at WPRI since uh, 2018, you know, what's your mindset like when your boss is like, yeah, more, we want, we want you to be the guy covering the Super Bowl, like the World Series, the Stanley Cup, and like things like that. And like, not only have the chance to, like, to report on it, but to travel and like, 
sit and watch these uh, these like experiences and these crazy games. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing feeling um, to be able to run a department uh, yeah. at this at this age uh, in this type of market with the mm -hmm. demand that are that are in the Providence New Bedford television market. Um, part of our market goes southeastern Mass. Obviously, the majority of our market is in Rhode Island. Um, but I believe that it's one of the best sports markets in the country, bar none. Um, a lot of it is due to the success that the teams have had yeah. um, and, and everything we've gotten to cover recently. But it's also the breadth of teams that we get to cover. So we get the flavor and the flair of the Boston pro teams, right? Yeah. I mean, we're closer to Foxborough than the Boston stations are. Um, and we're there just as much as them we still get to go to Boston and we're there for all the playoff runs, whether it's Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox, but unlike Boston, we get a great college atmosphere, right? Yeah. We get college hockey, PC hockey made it to the frozen four a couple of years ago, won a national championship, won a national championship. Um, college basketball around here is bar none. We have a big East team. Yeah. We have an Atlanta team. URI was in the round of 32 in back-to-back -back years. PC just made a sweet 16 Bryant just got to the dance um, and Brown's been on the cusp and the come up the last few years under Mike Martin. So we get the pro level, we get the college level. I love doing Friday night lights. There's nothing better than uh, a lot of high school kids tuning in and, and watching, you know, um, their friends and watching themselves and uh, you know, every Friday night competing, you know, on the, on the football field. And then even down to like little league, I think we were at the Little League World Series five out of six years. I yeah, mean, I saw that, right, yeah. Think of that. It's like every level in this market, there's championship teams, the people really care, um, and the fans are knowledgeable. The audience is knowledgeable, including yourself. So um, it's been really good. You know, obviously you can go to a big market and there's, um, you know, you can make some more money or you can – you know, be in front of more eyeballs or you can have better opportunities in some aspects. But to be in Providence, Rhode Island right now and, and to, to been here for the last, you know, I'm starting my fifth year coming up in a couple months. Um, my, I mean, my first year here, I was introduced to it. It was Red Sox World Series over the Dodgers. It was Patriots over the Rams. It was Game 7 Blues Bruins. Uh, and then that that summer we were at the Little League World Series, like I said. So um, just nonstop championship culture here. Um, and it's great. You know, sometimes the personal life, there are some sacrifices to make when teams do go on runs, you have to cut vacations in half. You have to push vacations off, but, um, to be in this market right now, covering sports, um, I'd put it up to any other market in the country right now. Yeah, most definitely. That's why I'm trying to get into it as much as I can. Now that I think about it, uh, I'm only two years out of high school. So I'm, I'm thinking you probably covered a couple of my high school games, you know, back in my playing days as well, thinking like, uh, like, you know, post game, like, like you said, like the how they do like after when the games are over, they do like the recaps and all that now that I'm thinking about it. But um, that's pretty cool. And that's, that's such a uh, like I said, an opportunity just doing not just professional, but collegiate high school, little league, just to get everyone involved and, you know, everyone tuned in. And that's more eyes on you. And I, like you said, over the years, you've been learning how to deal with, you know, who's watching, how to prepare, like you said, those pregame jitters. So everything you got to. Uh, taking into consideration, like, you know, diving kind of took your background a little more, your grandfather, how he played a huge role in you becoming a broadcaster. So, you know, for the viewers watching today, um, tell them about like that story and how uh, he and your family shaped you uh, into becoming the Maury uh, that everyone sees on camera. 
Yeah, definitely. That's a good question. And I really appreciate you asking because I wouldn't be, you know, doing this interview with you right now if it wasn't for my grandfather. Uh, right. It's my father. Um, unfortunately, just passed in July, but he's been he was my biggest inspiration um, and my biggest influence on my yeah. career. And um, this is a man who um, <clears throat> served our country and a man who um, was a was a business owner and, and a sports lover back home in Philadelphia growing up. And at 39 years old, uh, right around then, um, a rare uh, recessive gene uh, took his eyesight over a few over a few years. Um, he lost his eyesight and and became legally blind. And for the last 50 years of his life, until he passed in July at the age of 89, he was completely blind. So uh, I just turned 27 a few days ago. So he obviously doesn't know what I look like, didn't know what I look like. Um, envisioned my mom as a young girl. Um, you know, my mom's obviously older now, but he hadn't seen her for the last 40 years. Right. So it's pretty hard to wrap your mind around being blind. Uh, it's even it's even interesting. Sometimes I'll shut my eyes even for just 15, 20 seconds. And it's hard. Right. Yeah. Let alone in your life for 40 years. So we shared a common bond for sports age four, five, six, you know, you start growing up, you're playing T-ball, you're playing hoops, you're playing soccer, all these local youth sports. And we, we shared a, we shared a bond for sports and I'd go over to his house and I'd mute the television easy as that. And I would give him play by play at baseball games and football games. This was in person up until I graduated high school, went to college in Connecticut. My first job was in Wisconsin and now I'm here in Providence. So um, I haven't been super close to home. Uh, I'd say in the last about 10 years since I graduated high school and it extended those play-by-play -play sessions extended to, I was on the phone with him at work when I was at, in my first station in Wisconsin and I'd call him up and I'd say, pops, turn off the radio. I'll give you play-by-play, -play. right? Blind people don't watch games on TV because sometimes the broadcasters will get sidetracked, talk about something else because even yeah. sight people can see the games going on. So he's had, he had to listen to, to the radio because even sighted people, when you're listening on the radio, you obviously can't see the play. So it's much more descriptive on the radio. So I tell him, Hey, turn off the TV. If he was with people or mute the radio, I'll right. give you play by right. Foles under center. He's got one man to his right. Um, who was the running back Corey Clement that year. Right. And I'm giving it to him as if I'm the team broadcaster, but that was just a love and a passion um, that obviously was cultivated when we were young and continued even when I was, you know, in a different time zone, even when I was four or five hours away from home. Um, so many iconic memories that we have together, whether it was, you know, on the phone when the Phillies won the World Series or when the Eagles won the Super Bowl or, um, you know, he went to Penn State. So he's a big, big Penn State fan. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, he was definitely my inspiration there. And uh, it's a pretty unique story. Um, definitely. And uh, was obviously the, is obviously the reason why I wanted to get into into the broadcasting field. And and I always tell everybody, you know, it doesn't matter who watches me, the audience I have, he'll always be my first. Yeah, for sure. So you said um, you started giving play by plays when you were four to him. And then like since you you know left for your first job, like at the age of four, you're giving him play by plays and everything like that. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. I don't know how it was when I was four. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, yeah, you know, four five, six, that, that, age, that, that age, it kind of started. I, I was a big baseball player and he loved baseball. So, um, I 
you know, specifically remember going to my grandparents' house. It would be a Saturday night. We'd eat dinner. We'd do the Phillies game at seven. Yeah. We'd sleep. And then the next day, usually like a, a Sunday afternoon game to wrap up the series at one o'clock, we would do. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I'd go home and th- I, I was only 20 minutes from them. Um, and obviously very, still very close to my mom and my grandmother's still, still around knock on wood. So, um, yeah, it was four, five, six, seven, eight, and then all the way up until, you know, literally, uh, you know, a week or two before he passed. Uh, and it was, it was, it, uh, we didn't, we didn't expect it to happen. So, uh, died peacefully and, and, um, was never in pain, God willing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was middle of baseball season last year and I was doing a Phillies game for him, or I was doing a, an NBA playoff game for him. You know, I'd be sitting at home and, um, I just want to call him up on the phone because I knew that he really appreciated it. I was still getting sort of some practice right out of it, uh, doing it for him. Um, and, uh, you know, he obviously, he obviously knew what I was talking about and I knew what, you know, what he, what he needed out of the game. Um, so no, it's, it's, uh, extremely special, extremely rare. Um, but, um, you know, definitely a, a relationship that, that I'll always remember and cherish and was a huge influence. Yeah. Very, very surreal and very cool to hear. You know, obviously I've heard the story before and you went in more depth now and it's just like thinking about it, like, um, you know, very, very cool how he's just shaped, you know, the person that you are and like how you got into it. And like you said, if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be doing it. You know, you wouldn't have the passion for it. And, um, you know, going along like those lines of sports, you said you were a big baseball guy. Um, I saw in your um, Instagram and like your Twitter bios that, uh, it says lifetime stretch four. So I know that's definitely, you know, it's a basketball reference. Um, yeah. I wanted to, you know, talk to you about like, uh, you know, your playing days as well. Like talk about a little, like a little bit about uh, what sports you played and uh, you know, what sports uh, took to your favor. Yeah. So I grew up not too far outside of Philadelphia. So we, we, we played some pretty good, um, some pretty good competition in high school. Yeah. Um, I was definitely better at baseball. Um, but uh, played some varsity, played varsity my senior year um for basketball but um our 17 league just in high school uh produced a seven footer that went to st joe's a 611 stretch wing that went to texas and then ended up temple um a guy who went to binghamton started his career there and was the america east rookie of the year um so some really good players in my 17 league let alone in our district in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of districts. It's obviously a massive state. Um, <clears throat> and like my senior year was like Rondé Hollis Shepherson, who was a first round draft pick. Um, BJ Johnson played for Lower Marion where Kobe went and ended up going to Syracuse LaSalle and then had a cup of coffee in the NBA. So, I mean, the talent is just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, from So uh, yeah, I played hoops growing up. Uh, wasn't great. Was good enough to play some varsity on a suburban league team. Um, but baseball is kind of more where I thrived. Um, still some regrets to this day that I didn't, you know, try to walk on in college or, or try to go get scouted and played, but, um, potential opportunity there to play at Ithaca, uh, in New York. And then I ended up choosing Quinnipiac, um, cause I wanted to cover division one sports at the end of the day. And, um, yeah, so I caught, caught in baseball, um, and, uh, play with a, played with a ton of talent, um, ton of talent. So, uh, you know, playing, you know, obviously helped shape and cultivate the love as well. Right. Exactly. Not just, yep. it was important too, that I played, uh, and I still play up until this day, um, you know, three, four, five times a week, I'm hooping wherever, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm either yeah. throwing up a picture or I've talked about it before I'll play it 
health tracks in EP Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There's a run at Bishop Hendrickin on Monday nights. There's a run. I'm thinking here um, in, e in East Providence, EP High School uh, on Sunday mornings at the JCC on Saturdays. So there's always runs for me to join. And yeah, uh, you have to. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're in it, you got to play it. Right. Of course. You know? um, I guess, you know, I shouldn't say you don't have to, but it, it helps if you're out there on the court a lot. Right. Right. Um, and playing. So I know you were a big Hooper too. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm actually playing later tonight. <laughs> matter of fact, but you know, um, cause, uh, I, I'm from Johnston. So like this, you know, we had a rec center built a couple years back, uh, probably when you started at WPRI in uh, 2018. And, um, you know, we've been since high school, all my friends, we've been hooping there ever since. Um, and you know, like, like you said, like, you just got to stay around it at the end of the day, you were a student of the game and now you're covering it. And it just, it just helps you build even more knowledge, like, you know, day in and day out. And, um, my next question actually was about Quinnipiac, like how you decided and you just answered it for me. It was to cover division one sports, go over to the, to the division one level, um, which I'm seeking and I'm trying to, you know, make my transfer over to URI you know, for next year. So that'll be cool to cover division one sports and, you know, see what I can get myself into. But, you know, as far as the programs at Quinnipiac for you, uh, what did you know or like what did you uh, think of the programs and uh, what did you know to like get yourself into and involved with to get your name out there as a broadcaster and with all these internships and things like that? Yeah, there wasn't. I didn't really know much about Quinnipiac. Um, it's interesting. My my grandparents um, on the side that 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 I had this relationship with my grandfather, yeah. uh, they were neighbors with some folks that are still friendly with the family. Um, and one of their daughters lives up in Connecticut. So mm. when I was looking at like, oh, you should check out this school, Quinnipiac, it's on the rise. You know, it's not too big of a school. You know, I didn't want, I didn't want a huge school. My dad grew up in Syracuse. So everybody talks about Newhouse being, you know, the best or one of the best journalism schools in the country. Yeah. Uh, but at Newhouse, you have to wait until like your junior or senior year to get on the air. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me, to start getting reps. At Quinnipiac, like the first week or two, I was like broadcasting a soccer game. I was writing an article on a volley on the volleyball team. So um, much like in sports, the only way you get better, like you're doing here, the only way you get better doing radio is by hosting a podcast. The only way you get better by being on TV or being a writer is by doing, right, is by reps. If you want to be a better shooter, you're not getting better by sitting on your fanny playing video games, mm -hmm. right? If you're in the gym getting up thousands of shots a day. You'll be better. If you get a thousand shots a day for seven days, you'll be 7,000 shots better than you were at the beginning of the week. Right. And you, and you stack those weeks and you stack those months and those years. So I went to Quinnipiac with that mindset. It was yeah. like, okay, if by the time I'm a junior at Quinnipiac, I've written 50 game stories and anchored 25 shows and hosted a radio show once a week and did play by play for these games. Well, I'll have, you know, four or 500 more reps than I would if I went to another school or a bigger school where I was just waiting. And you can't learn how to be on the radio. You can't learn how to, how to host your own podcast by reading it out of a textbook, right? You can't be in a lecture hall and say, oh, okay, yeah, now I know what to do, right? Yeah. You have to make that voice. You have to learn what works for you. And everybody's got their own style. So that's the biggest reason why I went to Quinnipiac. I wanted to be a player come day one. Um, and start that process of improving right away. Um, so that come the end of four years, I had four full years of experience um, going into my first job. Of course. Yeah, of course. And I have that same mindset, like going into it, like you have to, like you said, reps, you have to do as much as you can to get your name out there. And like, 
um, you know, my first year at Rick was like cut short. Well, it wasn't cut short, but like there wasn't any in-person things. There was nothing like on campus due to COVID. So I wasn't involved, you know, I, I don't like I, right now I write, I'm a broadcaster. I do all these things involved with the school. I didn't do any of that. So the idea of this podcast came about, of course, I, a bunch of people started doing podcasts when COVID was going on. It just came about. And I was like, you know, if, if broadcasting is something I want to get serious with, you know, this is a perfect avenue. Social media is the perfect avenue to get your name out there and just to reach out to people. Like I reached out to you. I reached out to, you know, so many people down at URI to get connections early on before I even get there. And um, like you said, cover as many things as you can. Like, like next week I'm covering the lacrosse game. I don't know the first thing about lacrosse, but you know, you gotta, you gotta do your research. You gotta, co- you know, cover it as best you can. And like you said, reps is the most important thing to do. And I, you know, I applaud that and I'll take that advice in, you know, any day. And, um, like I told you at the beginning of the show, I appreciate you just coming on and sharing that knowledge. Um, I know time is kind of getting a little bit close, but I actually did want to ask you, um, you know, your first time being on camera, first couple of times being on camera and once you started getting used to it, um, was there ever a time that you remember that uh, you might have like slipped up, maybe started over your words and, uh, you know, that moment kind of still sticks with you uh, to this day? Oh, man. I mean, there's not one that sticks out, Cam, but it's 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 every time I'm on. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, it's not every time I'm on live. But the, the hardest thing in this business is when you're doing something taped. So yeah. every night after we do our sports cast at 11, I'll tape morning sports for the next day. And there's times where I'll mess up something. Mm-hmm. Got to start it over. Right. And all of those little mistakes they humble you. Right. So like live, you have to just roll with it and you continue to talk. And the best on the business are the ones that make a mistake and don't allow the audience to know or limit the way it looks. Right. Right. They, They don't show that they made a mistake as much or they'll play it off as a joke. Right. It's Scott Van Pelt. It's, um, Joe Buck, all the biggest names in broadcasting, they all make mistakes. They, they, they say something that, that, you know, that maybe there was an incorrect stat, the way that though they deal with that mistake makes them so good. It's not just about how good you can be live, right? Yeah. Everybody can be live, right? Yeah. It's, it's how sometimes when you start to falter or somebody's trying to distract you or something it's that's that focus is important so um it happens all the time you know i'm doing a stand-up for the following day and you know psychologically in your head okay this isn't live so if i don't feel like myself just um if i feel myself off a little bit then i know i can restart so it's so it's that all the time so make mistakes it's all about making mistakes and learning from them i've learned that you know firsthand on the broadcast, you just kind of pick, you have to like pick up with it and, uh, you know, do the best you can with it. So like I said, I was like, that kind of wraps up our time. Um, you know, I appreciate you just taking the time and, you know, sitting down with me, you know, extending our conversation from the last time I saw you at Rhode Island College. Um, I just wanted to close out the show and ask you, what did you think about the show? What did you think about the lineup? And, uh, you know, I'm trying to reach out to these big name guys, like PC guys and things like that to try to come on. Uh, who might you want to see as like a future guest uh, on the podcast? Yeah, I, I think there's so many different guests uh, that you could have. There's coaches, there's players, um, there's broadcasters, even in our market. Um, uh, that's the best thing is, you know, okay, we're all competition here in the market, channel six, channel 10. But, uh, you know, all, they're all great people, um, great men, great women. We're on the road with them. We were just on the road. Um, you know, we were just on the road with them. Uh, 
in Chicago and in New York yeah, and in that's Buffalo. Sick. That's crazy. So, 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 you know, whether it's uh, any of those people. Yeah. So no, I mean, any, anybody you get from this market uh, would be a great guest. And uh, you know, if you're ever looking for an internship, you know, we'd be happy if you applied and uh, you know, maybe we could make something work. Cause it seems like uh, you're a grinder. It seems like you fit the mold at channel 12 and uh, you've got a, you've got a passion for this and it's great. Uh, and part of my job is giving back, you know, to our interns and, and, uh, and finding those people and highlighting those people that, that are up and comers in the industry and, and those who I might need to call on one day for a job. So uh, consider this an invitation um, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. I appreciate it more. Thank you for the time. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon for sure. Thank you. You got it, Cam. Thanks. No problem, man.